Welcome, and thanks for joining us at the Central Baptist Church Victoria podcast. This episode is part of a three-week series called All In. This collection of shorter messages explores issues like Christian identity in Jesus, the believer's relationship to others in the church, and the Christian calling to be a witness for Jesus in the world. And now, here's today's message. Good morning, everyone. So it's my privilege today to read scripture with you. And when I say with you, I mean with you, because today we're going to do a bit of a responsive reading with our scripture reading. Um, We're going to read Ephesians 1, 3 to 14 together. Um, It might be easiest for you to look up on the screen because there's going to be a leader slide and then there's going to be an all slide. And the all slide, you guys will read along. So now if you're able to, I invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chooses us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. To unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. To the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Thanks, everyone. It's good to be with you again as we now embark in a new teaching series. The series that's gonna last for the three uh, remaining Sundays in September, and we are referring to it as All In. Now, now I I know you might be thinking, whoa, settle down, Curry. We're not sure if we're out of COVID yet, and now you're asking us to go all in. Um, I want want to just sort of say for now that... um, just, just to hold your kind of judgment on that, because what, what I want to show us over the course of the next three, or what I want us to understand is that really, you can't be a Christian unless you're all in, right? We've got the purpose of this study then is to recognize that to be a Christian is to be all in, and I'll explain that a little bit more today. Uh, to be, uh, we also want to see, everyone to see that to be all in is to help meet needs within our community, our church community, as well as those outside our community. 
And then finally, to identify the resources available to the follower of Christ that empower us, that naturally empower us to be all in. So, but, he, but listen, this is what it's not, okay? So when you hear the phrase all in, this is what I don't want you to think. In it all, right? Do you hear the difference? Because I know sometimes uh, like the, the phrase all in can sound a little daunting or maybe overwhelming all, everything in. And do, does that mean I have to sign up for everything? There's a lot of booths in there. That's not what, I'm, that's not what we're saying. We're not, we're not meant to be in it all. We are meant to be all in. Okay, and so I want us to kind of understand that distinction, hopefully at least get a sense of it today and then over the course of the next few Sundays, right? So to meet these purposes then, uh, the the next three Sundays are going to be uh, all about, this Sunday is we are all invited to be all in Christ, to be in Christ. We'll talk about what that's going to be. Uh, Next week, Phil is going to help us understand what it means that all those who are in Christ are also in the body. And then at the end, we're we're going to finish up by talking about considering that all those who are in Christ are also commissioned, all of us, commissioned to go into the world. Now, those three things and all of these kind of topics and this sort of series, this content can be, as I said, sort of daunting and maybe even confusing, right? What does it mean to be in Christ? I know what it means to be in a building, but is that the same thing? I understand what it means to attend a church service, but how can I relate attending church to being in the body? And I realize that I'm in the world, right? That is, I understand, you know, what it means to kind of live in a, in a culture and in Victoria here and just have a daily life. I know what that is all about, but how is that any different than being invited to go into the world? So we'll in t- attempt to unpack all of that over the remaining Sundays in September. So as I said, today, we're going to spend a few minutes considering the first one, all in Christ. The references, and those of you who know, have read scripture. In fact, you probably, maybe you heard it as we read from Ephesians chapter 1. The the phrase in Christ is found throughout the New Testament. It's a major theme in the New New Testament scripture. But some questions maybe uh, quickly come to mind, right? How does someone get to be in Christ? And what does it mean? To be in Christ. How does it impact my life? What difference does it make to me to be in Christ? Well, let's start with the latter question. What's the big deal being in Christ? And I, I want to quickly to do that. All I want to do this morning is to quickly point you towards two passages that provide what I think is a, a, a very good basis for glimpsing the implications of being in Christ. Now, the, the sort of a side benefit to these two verses is that they have the same numbers associated with them so that they're easy to remember afterwards when you want to dig deeper into them. They both are from chapter 1 and verse 3. Okay, different books, but chapter 1, verse 3. All right, so the first one, again, maybe you you, uh, heard that in the reading of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 states this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, Hear that? In Christ, okay, who's blessed us in Christ. So it's a relationship that we have with Christ through which we receive these blessings. 
which it's not just any blessings. It says every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So those of us then, according to this verse, right, uh, who are in Christ are blessed or, or granted or given, provided every spiritual blessing. This is something that we need to take and uh, we need to consider for a moment. We need to meditate on this, right? Here's God's word telling us that you and I as individuals, we have access to every spiritual blessing. Now, remember our series from the Lord's Prayer, right? Because it's every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. If you remember our series from the Lord's Prayer or on the Lord's Prayer, heaven is a reference to the realm, the realm where God's will is done. And the spreading of the kingdom that Jesus started, I'll talk about that in a moment. The spreading of the, of the kingdom is meant to expand that area, right? On earth here where God's will can be done through our lives, through our decisions, through our relationships, and through our involvement and commitment to Christ. Uh, as, we, uh, as we read together, and, and as, as we read together, sorry, the, the next 11 verses in this section provide, and really the entirety of the first three chapters of the, of the uh, letter uh, to the church at Ephesus provides further detail in, in what that means, what those spiritual blessings are. But I think if we want to kind of just provide just a little bit of a greater, a, a greater, uh, provide just a step of detail, we can, we can go to second Peter. Remember second Peter chapter one, verse three, it provides a bit more clarity without maybe bogging us down with all of the sort of theological terms, things like, you know, adoption and redemption and reconciliation, all those that are great words. And I encourage you to, 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 uh, think through them and study them and, and come to terms with them. But just before we do all of that, let's, let's look at and listen to how uh, it's put in second Peter chapter one, verse three, there we read this, his divine power, God's divine power has given us everything needed for life and godliness. How? Through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness, right? So these every spiritual blessings with which God has given us, God has provided us means that we have everything we need for life and godliness. So right now, those of us who are in Christ are sitting there, are standing here, uh, are together with this capability. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, life stage. It doesn't matter physical capacity. This is what God promises us. And this is what we can leverage. This is what we can claim. So those of us who are in Christ again, and we'll talk about what that means in a second here, have access to all the resources needed for life and our relationship with, with the Lord. You don't have to lean on someone else. You and I, we have, we have access to that. We can, we can get helped and encouraged from other people. Don't get me wrong on that. We're not meant to just be islands unto ourselves, but each of us as individuals, no matter who you are, if we are in Christ, we have this capability. We have everything we need for, for living our life the way God wants us to. Uh, and the, the spiritual resources uh, associated with that, including our developing our relationship with God. All right, so now that we've noted sort of the general description uh, of the implications of being in Christ, now we can take a bit of an introductory look at the specifics. So this will provide kind of further grounding for answers to the earlier questions of how do I get in Christ and what does it mean to be in Christ? 
I think a great introduction to these details, again, that's the characteristics of being in Christ in Jesus, right? Is, or sorry, is, is in Jesus's invitation to Peter and Andrew recorded for us in verse uh, Matthew 4, 19. So this is where we're going to kind of camp just for a few minutes to try to come to terms or at least get an introduction into what it means to be in Christ. Okay. Uh, because remember, don't forget being in Christ allows us access to everything we need for life and for godliness. Uh, reading the book of Matthew, uh, we, we understand that after confronting the devil in the wilderness, Jesus began to proclaim the kingdom of heaven, right? There it is, the kingdom of heaven. This is Jesus's mission to proclaim the kingdom of heaven. That is God's rule. And as he did that, he also began to specifically invite others to join him in this ministry. Chapter four describes an encounter between Jesus and Peter uh, and his brother, Andrew, while they were fishing by the Sea of Galilee. As the brothers were fishing, Jesus approached them and said this, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Jesus invited Andrew and Peter to join him on his mission using language that they would understand. But beneath the fishing reference, there are principles, I think, that we can claim that I think will help us to make sense of what it is to be all in in Christ and how being in Christ implies that to be a follower of Christ is to be all in. So the first thing I want us to do, the first thing I want you to do now is to think of something that is quite common this time of year, specifically, I'll explain. It traditionally begins about now and continues for most of the next 10 months. Children on their way to school. More specifically, what I want you to do is picture a group of youngsters on an outing with their teacher. What does that typically look like? Well, we see the children in line, maybe they're in single file, maybe they're holding hands, or maybe they're holding on to a rope, or maybe there's other kind of configurations, being led by the teacher. Now, the whole point of this, the whole point of getting uh, the children together like this, is to keep the children safe and to help the children have the best experience while they are outside of the classroom. Well, it's not difficult to imagine what it would be like if each of the kids pulled in different directions. And I'm sure some of our teachers can attest to what that is exactly like. But if that happens, the entire experience is reduced to an exercise in some cases of futility, right? Everyone gets frustrated. So the idea is to stay in line. That's the best part. That's the best way to uh, have the best experience. So this is the picture that I want us to have in mind. This picture of following the leader is how Jesus begins his invitation. Literally, he says, come. And how do we come? Come behind me, he says. This is how he is inviting Peter and Andrew. And by extension, this is how I believe he's inviting each of us. This is the best orientation for us. This is our introduction to what it means to be in Christ, uh, to be in line behind Christ. Jesus instructs these men literally to come behind him. Then he explains that the byproduct of following him is that he will then make them, transform them into people who, who will be able to fish for other people. I like how Jim Putman of Real Life Ministries organizes this invitation. He says, first, it addresses the head. How am I going to decide? 
am I going to decide that Jesus is the leader and I'm the follower? Am I going to go to Jesus? This is a decision. Next, it addresses the heart. Who am I going to be? Do I want Jesus to mess around with my life? Am I willing, am I willing to become the person to trust him uh, and become the person that he wants me to be? And finally, it's a matter of our hands and feet and the rest of our body as we go out and do. What do I do? Do I trust Jesus? Do I allow him to kind of say what are the things that I should do? To do what he tells me to do? To live, the life, uh, live life the way he lived it? So in this invitation, Jesus directs people to, one, come behind him. Two, and as we follow him, that's key. It's not just coming and standing here. We need to follow him. He will transform us. And third, he'll transform us to become people who do as he does or do as he did. Live the way he, he lived with the, with the same intent and same purpose. To follow Jesus then means to be head, heart, and hands, Christians, full body. This is how it means. This is why we can say we're all in, because this is, this is what Jesus invites us to. He invites all of us to follow him, all of who we are. So the invitation requires a response. The question then for you today is, have you responded? If so then you have, as we heard at the beginning, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, including everything we need for life and godliness. You have hope for your future, forgiveness for your past, and power for your present. You can confidently then step into where God is leading. If you have not responded, if you have not responded to the invitation that Jesus asks of you, invites you, calls to you to follow him, then let me just ask you, invite you to just for a moment, consider the options. Either we submit to our creator and gain access to all he provides, or we walk away and attempt to continue to make a go of life on our own devices, on only what we got, and only what we have for the rest of our life. So let me ask you in this moment of consideration, if you have not responded yet, how far can you go on your own? What awaits you? How far can you go? How far can we go? Can any one of us go? On our own. This is the heart of the invitation of Jesus. He says, you do not have to make it on your own. You don't have to do this on your own. I have stepped through it all for you. And I can, I can help lead you through this. Life. And not only this life, but in the life to come. That is the message of Christ. We cannot. So let me offer this to you. If you've never responded to Jesus, now's your chance. It begins simply with a prayer, an acknowledgement. There's nothing magical. It's simply acknowledging, God, I cannot do this on my own. 
to say, I need your son. I believe you've sent your son for me on my behalf, as well as everyone to show me the way to pay for the penalty of my sin and to uh, save me from, from death and to empower me now to live life the way that you have asked me to. If you have any questions about that, if you are concerned or, or have any thoughts or wonder about any of that, please come and talk to one of us afterwards. But, but make it a, a moment, make it a matter of prayer. Make it a matter of, of priority in your life to come to terms with this. Can I make it on my own? And if, and, and if I can't, then, then hear, heed the, the invitation of Jesus to come and follow him. Now, if we have responded, then let's remain intentionally following. We are meant to follow Jesus. Jesus is meant to lead, right? And I know I've been repeating this time and time again, but I fear sometimes as Christians, we get into that mode like those kids sometimes where we get impatient or frustrated. And so we're pulling at Jesus in all kinds of different directions. And so we get frustrated and we wonder why God, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like God's listening to my prayer. Or when I read scripture, it doesn't feel like I'm getting anywhere. I'm learning anything or I'm getting any support. And it could be that this is what's going on. We need to get step back in line and allow Jesus to fall, or allow Jesus to lead and let us be the ones to follow. We wonder why we struggle and cannot find satisfaction. Once again, the proper orientation is Jesus in front, me and me behind. That is how Jesus introduces us to the idea of being in him. It begins by getting in line with his lead. Now his lead is not merely in churchy things, not just, you know, going to the table and that's what Jesus is doing. That's part of it. We don't just follow Jesus on Sunday mornings or when we're part of an activity that the church organizes. No, we follow Jesus into our office, into our classrooms, home. We follow Jesus into what we read, what we watch, what we listen to. We follow Jesus in how we spend our time and our finances. This is what it means to be in Christ. Now, can you see what it means or that, that it also means for us to be all in? It's not just a one-time decision. It's a daily following. It's not just a one-time prayer, but a daily openness to his desire to transform us, to make us his people who live like he did. See, this is our great resource of being in Christ. We already have a leader. The Christian faith is a God-led endeavor. Not as central pastors led or any other human agency. Now we as pastors and staff and board, we can be useful to God for his purposes in this community as we submit ourselves to him and to his lead. And that's why it's so important that each of us understands the parameters of Christ's invitation. But that then we also follow. Follow his lead, follow his transformational process and follow his example to live our lives as he lived. Proclaiming the kingdom of God, of God's rule through truth-telling, peacemaking, and self-giving. This is true for each of us, no matter our lot, but it can look different for us. For each of us. So let me close then today, and I'll, at this point I'll invite the, 
the, the music team to come back up and get ready to lead us in our final song. Let me close with this teaser for next week. So in addition to being in Christ as individuals, in addition to hearing the invitation, each of us as individuals need to hear and each of us need to follow, need to respond to. There's more. Being in union with Christ provides vital resources for us as individuals, but in addition to that, it means, uh, to all that it means for our relationship with God, as biblical scholar Kevin Van Hooser notes, Union with Christ entails union with other Christians. This is where we will go next week. Come and join us as we explore that part of being all in. But one, but one last note, one last encouragement. If you've never made a decision or if you've hesitated, please talk to someone. Please find, if you're unsure, come and, and talk to me. Send me an email. And let's begin this conversation to work through what it means to listen and follow that invitation. Then if you have followed that invitation, we have all these opportunities for us to explore together as a community, all these needs to meet, all these wonderful opportunities to spend our time, to use our gifts for his glory as, but as he leads us, not because we're here telling you, but as you are led by him to take advantage of these opportunities. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for uh, this, uh, the fact that, that as we respond to you, that we are able to have this special, unique, and, and deep relationship with you through your son. We thank you for the promises associated with that, that, that you have given us everything we need for life and godliness. And so, Father, I pray that you would give us the courage. First of all, if there's anyone here or is listening that has not, Father, would you continue to reveal yourself to them? Continue to help them to clarify this relationship and seek counsel. And then, Father, for the rest of us, those of us who have responded and who are in line, I pray, Father, that you would give us strength to stay in line, to trust you, to be grateful for the, the forgiveness of sins in our past. Be grateful for the uh, hope of the future, of being with you, of entering your kingdom. But Father, also for the power to live now. Father, I pray that you would speak to each of us, lead each of us, that we would be willing to follow no matter where we're at. Even if, if, if what, what we offer is, is, is commitment to pray, commitment to, to, to be present, to commitment to bring to you, to your throne, the needs and the, and the cares of this church. But Father, if there's other ways, guide and lead us. There's so many opportunities. But Father, we thank you for all that you do and what you have provided, including every spiritual blessing in the heavens. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and gatherings, visit us at centralbaptistchurch.ca. Thanks for listening to the Central Baptist Podcast.